Hello, gorgeous people, and welcome to another TV Central one-on-one podcast. I'm Aaron Ryan. Under the Vines is about two city people who manage to inherit a failing vineyard in New Zealand, but neither of them know a thing about hard work, and they despise each other. Now, that may be the premise, but throughout season one, they learn the value of hard work, and that despise for each other might just be turning into, well, not so despising. The show stars technically New Zealand actress Rebecca Gibney, but we, of course, have claimed her as our own uh, in Australia with roles in shows like The Flying Doctors and Packed to the Rafters. However, one of the breakout stars from the series is Simon Mead, who plays the lovable Gus, who we found out was gay in season one. Gus is kind and his uncomplicated take on the world is endearing and heartwarming. Simon Mead, kia ora, and thank you for joining me at TV Central. Kia ora, how you doing? I'm doing very well. Well, the premise for the show is about two people inheriting a, a wine vineyard um, and the complexities of their relationship. However, it's almost like the vineyard is just a means to what the show is really about, love, connection, community. So for new viewers, how would you describe Under the Vines? Yeah, I think it's kind of like, it's, it's kind of fun because I think you can kind of it's not, I, w- I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it in the realm of like Shit's Creek, but it's kind of taking like these <laughs> kind of uh, an Australian Sydney socialite and this like sort of London lawyer and then chucking them in this sort of quirky New Zealand um, town, um, which kind of, I guess, just exhibits a little bit of, a little bit of our, our humour um, and throwing those sort of characters into that mix is always, is always a fun time, I find. <laughs> I want to talk briefly about Daisy and Louis first, and then I really want to expand on your character, Gus. Totally. Aside from the the, the wonderful world of television that likes the uh, slow draw of central characters to come together, but they are very different people, almost an odd couple. However, after they peel back the masks of their lives, which is more about their occupations, their physical belongings, and their busy lives, and now in this slow down rural town community in New Zealand and people are more their authentic selves maybe they're not such the odd couple um how do you take the pairing of Daisy and Louis yeah I mean to be honest you summed it up really well I think um when you kind of look at these two it kind of it kind of represents life a little bit in terms of who we meet and especially in this kind of I feel like social climate you you're definitely throwing out a a facade of yourself or like a there's a there's always a mask up and I think definitely in the day and age of social media especially with someone like Daisy and all the glam and things that you kind of want to show off to make the world view in a certain way but you kind of realize slowly that that all doesn't really matter and I think this is kind of just one of those cute shows that sort of you get thrown into like you said that sort of small kind of country quirky town and people really do actually value and respect um authenticity and i think it's kind of the ideal place for both daisy and louis to sort of end up because not only can they sort of find their way in in terms of meeting each other but um in terms of finding themselves as well so i think it's a yeah i i I completely agree it's a sort of a beautiful a beautiful place for them to end up if daisy and louis are the body of the show i think gus and tippy are the heart how would you yeah. describe describe Gus? I think Gus is just Gus is just like honest and earnest and he's a little he's a little weird. He's quite philosophical. He's not um 
I just don't think he's got anything to hide. And I think he doesn't know anything different either. And I think that's the main thing about Gus is he's oblivious to the world that I think Louis and Daisy come from. That's for sure. He's used to just being him. And, and even like, you even look at him like with his top off all the time. I don't even think he's aware of like the fact that he is the way he is, looks the way he is, speaks the way he speaks. He's just genuinely there to be him and to do the best he can um and be the best friend to someone and just do whatever do whatever makes him happy i suppose and i think he's like a real mirror to a lot of people in this show to just sort of embrace who you are and and not really care about what people think i suppose so yeah that's the best way i can think about gas I must confess, I mean, I do have a crush on Gus. And don't worry, Simon, I can definitely separate actor and character. Um, but there is something about Gus, isn't there? I mean, I just crave to see the world through his eyes. I mean, what's the word I'm looking for? Because the word simple just doesn't seem, you know, it seems unfitting because that perhaps conjures a, a thought that he has no layers or he's not educated. He just seems to block out the noise of the world, the useless complexities humans add to things and peels back to a layer of innocence and rawness um, that I reckon is both refreshing and, and some might say idealistic. Um, I think you, you, you've really touched on that, but could you describe any better? Do you, do you see Gus like that? Yeah, I think I just, I just honestly, I think the best way to think about it, like, is he, he just wears his heart on his sleeve. Like, I just don't think, I don't think he really, and I know what you mean about the the simple element. It's actually more just like, it is what it is for him. Like, that's just plain and simple. Like, everything that he says, there is no other, um, what's the word? There's no other intention going into what he's saying. And mm. that almost makes it so much easier playing Gus because you read the script and he's not trying to say anything other than what he is saying. And um, and he's never going to tell you anything that he doesn't believe, um, which is why he's almost one of those characters where it's like, if you needed anyone to come to, to get your honest, the honest truth on, on what the situation might be, he would be able to just give you that plain straight answer that I think a lot of people in this day and age are a little too scared to give people. And um, I think that's a really lovely element about him just because he can really guide a lot of these other characters through their journeys. Um, but as well as not forcing or pushing his agenda on anyone, he's just going to tell you um, and tell himself exactly what they want to hear and what is true, not what they want to hear, but what is true. Yeah. <laughs> How much of that um, innocence of Gus is in you? Do you share any similarities? I I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely like a probably quite a naive um sweet boy but i think i overthink <laughs> i think i overthink a lot more than gus does um like anyone i don't think it's i don't think it's easy to go through this world <laughs> as easily as gus seems to go through it. i mean obviously he comes across his own few challenges and things like that throughout the two seasons that we've filmed but um but yeah i i do see a lot of myself in him at times but then at the same time like i i'm pretty realistic about how this world works and unfortunately i um i'm not quite as uh i don't know i probably have more more issues than than old gus does <laughs> <laughs> well one of um gus's lines in the show when he, when he's gardening was 
Do you think plants uh, feel like their feet are being tickled when you plant them? Classic Gus. Is, is that that innocence again, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's again, like, that's honestly just him <laughs> thinking something and then saying it, which I relate to a, a lot. But I think it's just along the lines of, like, I think he's very connected to, like, um, not necessarily, like, the earth and things like this, but he's definitely just connected to the really sweet, wholesome things about life. And, you know, if he sees a plant, he's going to think, I wonder how that feels rather than it's just a little plant, you know? <laughs> um, so Gus is gay. And I guess you represent the LGBTQI plus community in your portrayal of Gus. Your your love interest, Griff, um, has a complex gay storyline mm. like the effects of being homosexual in his uh in his life and how that affects his work and and then how that affects his relationships um in this instance with with gus but for gus once again it's refresh refreshingly simple he is gus and he's gay done no backstory yeah. no, no complexity i mean that's a beautiful angle to take on a gay character in 2023 hey yeah i think it's like i mean i just think it's refreshing because like i think the character of Gus in himself, to be honest, he's not represented by his sexuality, you know, it's just who he is. And I don't think there's really ever, I mean, obviously in terms of the audience knowing his sexuality, I, I think it was, it was a really beautiful scene, um, which you kind of find that out because it just means nothing to him. It's just sort of like, yeah, like guys, like it's just really, there is no emphasis on that fact. And, and playing that is kind of refreshing in this day and age where like, it gets the love story going, you know, obviously Griff's story is a little bit more um, based on his sexuality and some of the troubles that he comes across with that. But like for Gus, at least it's, it's kind of mirroring that and showing a, a, a different side to life where that that's not, that's not how people view him, especially in the community. They're viewing him as Gus. Like it's just, it's not even a question and it's not even something to be talked about really. Yeah. So let's talk about something that might divide the audience a little bit. So tell me about what Gus sees in Griff, because I'm on team Splitsville. I just don't think Griff deserves someone like Gus. What, what does Gus see in Griff? I think, like, I think he's just kind of encapsulated by him. I think he just, he's kind of, I feel like Griff is sort of this enigma. Like, I don't think, I also think Gus is really good at l looking into someone and seeing their potential like he doesn't judge you know like he's not someone who really he doesn't I, I think he's just a very good person at like viewing someone on a deeper level than anyone else has before and I think straight away with Griff he he is almost it's like a magnet it's like there's something in there that for some reason when they first meet you sort of like how would they work but like he sees it. And I think, I don't know, I think sometimes when you talk to couples or things like that, sometimes you can't really explain necessarily what that is, but there's just something about Griff that he loves. And I, I think he's very aware from the start and he's completely drawn to that, that there's something else in Griff that it's not his job and he doesn't, and he's definitely not going to sacrifice himself to get, bring that out of them, bring it out of him, but he knows it's there. Um, and yeah, I, I suppose he's just attracted to that quality, I think. So tell me about season two, what, what lies ahead for Griff and Gus, because 
if it involves Gus being dragged into Griff's life rather than vice versa, I'll be so upset. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, this is the thing. So I'm pretty sure we're just being played on ABC at the moment in Australia, and it's obviously two seasons are out on Acorn TV at the moment. Um, and, yeah, without without going down the route of potentially, like, spoiling it for people in season two, even though it is already out there, so you can everyone can go watch it now. Sure. But they definitely come across, um, obviously, how it ends on season one is that he's definitely not going to sacrifice himself, you know? Like, Griff either has to go the whole way or it's nothing. And I think that's what I've always liked about Gus. He's not going to, like, he's not going to sacrifice himself just for someone. He's going to make sure he upholds his values and morals. Um, But, yeah, I think it does get into this sort of thing where if, Gus wants to be with Griff, which he does. And if Griff is happy to accept himself, then he's going to be thrown into this world. It'd be like anything as if we were to date someone where they've got that sort of social standing in in the world. Um, And that comes with a lot of trials and tribulations for Gus because that's not his world. And he definitely doesn't know how to act in that world at all. Um, And that starts to make Gus question, I think, a little bit of, is this right for me? Um, is this really? Yeah. Is this really what I want? Is 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 Griff worth everything that comes with Griff? Um, so that's definitely like a season two conundrum that he has. We can't not mention the relationship between Gus and Tippy. Um, what a what a beautiful friendship. Some might say, sexuality aside, that they would have made the perfect couple. I think their bond kind of supersedes sex and that they're better off not being together. What, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, first of all, I, I absolutely love Trey to like the bottom of my heart who plays Tippy. Um, yeah. She's like become one of my very, very close friends. And I think you can see that on screen um, and even more in season two. Um, these guys just have, They've just known each other for a long time. I think they get each other, and I think they are always wanting the best for, for each other. Um, and you're right. they It's kind of funny that they almost seem like they should be the couple. But I almost love that because it shows, like, it almost feels like some of the that, that platonic relationship is just as important um, to have that depth mm. than uh, just a, a relationship where you're sexually interested in one another. Like, that platonic yeah. relationship almost feels like, oh yeah, you have to really value your friends as well and, and do as much work on that relationship as, as you would as someone that you want to share your life with. So um, yeah, I love, I love Tippy and Gus's relationship and you'll see in season two, as it goes on, they just, um, they, they really grow and you start to see when, when they start getting drawn apart, you, you actually get to see a few moments there where, it's almost like he's choosing between a life with Griff and then the life that he loves and fits in so well. And that, that strongly includes Tippy. So it's challenging for Gus for sure. Yeah. It's a, it's a beautiful friendship. Um, I have to ask just one question about the shirtless scenes and I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure there's uh, been a few women and, and gay men hitting pause on their screens. <laughs> I wouldn't do something as silly as that. <laughs> now in all seriousness, are shirtless scenes and sex scenes, 
um, considered a necessary evil for you or are they seeking to embrace because they are part of the character and storylines or are they just plain awkward? Yeah, so I made a choice for season one um, to get myself in that sort of shape. Um, do I regret it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't regret it. I think um, it's been really interesting. I think my journey along with that, I mean, I think with all actors, there's just some sort of, there's a lot of body image um, pressures that can kind of start to tickle into your mind at times and that's been really difficult I think and definitely with season one I put I feel like I almost made the mistake of putting a little bit too much emphasis on that um for myself and I'm really I look back and I'm really proud now but um I definitely think in season two I learned a massive lesson when it came to getting into that sort of shape because not only is it a lot of time and money and um but it's mentally really exhausting and if you're putting so much pressure on yourself to like look like good like whatever that you know whatever that means um and I think I definitely went down like a little trap where you know I put a little bit too much pressure on myself and I don't I've started to kind of realize what makes me happy um and sometimes that's not necessary and um I definitely think it's cool I like the idea of like Gus almost being like that ripped just because it really isn't who he is either. So there's this really funny yeah. kind of like, um, yeah, it's just like a, a, it's like an oxymoron, like visually, like because yeah. you're like, this guy looks like this, but he does not see that in real life, which I kind of, I kind of like, it's not emphasizing his body at all. I think it's just the work that he does has just made him in this, into this beast of a man. Of course. Um Different tangent. Tell me, tell me about where um, Under the Vines is filmed because what a beautiful part of New Zealand it is. Honestly, we're so lucky to like live there for like three months a year. It's in Cromwell. Uh, well, we, we, we live in Cromwell, um, which is in central Otago. Um, and it's just in the heart of the wine, wine capital, basically, of New Zealand in terms of like it's where the best, best Pinot Noir and my favourite like beautiful Chardonnays are down there and it's honestly the people are so friendly. The landscape you never get sick of it. You are you're driving to work like because we usually have to drive to like a vineyard where where it's filmed and that's about a half an hour drive, um, and that's kind of past Clyde, um, which is like a beautiful small town, um, and the people are really really lovely there. They've all been so supportive of the show. So they took me and Trey, um, and we were doing wine tours and meeting a lot of local winemakers and learning a lot about the region learning a lot about wine and honestly it feels like home there a lot of us um a lot of us feel really attached in that place just because we're yeah. so it's, it's a gorgeous part of new zealand yeah now without revealing the actual storylines i can say that season two does not end with a nicely tied bow around it plenty of unresolved storylines and cliffhangers Mm-hmm. Please tell me there'll be a season three. And I say that knowing that Acorn TV haven't yet announced a season three, so you won't be revealing anything exclusively today. But can you blink really fast if there's going to be a season three? Do you know what, mate? <laughs> I have no idea. I'm just like you. I'm currently sitting in LA being like, I wonder if I'll go back to New Zealand to shoot season three. And I'll often be sending um, Rebecca, give me a few messages on Instagram, being like, so any news on whether or not we're young again? She's like, not yet, hopefully soon. So I can't, unfortunately, give people the good news that we're going again. But um, I'm hoping just as much, hopefully, as everyone else is. 
All right, let's talk about Simon Mead now for a bit, not just Gus. Um, I think your your first um, major acting role was at like thirteen. Um, that's an early start. What what was life growing up like? Um, uh, were you a a show pony as a toddler and just knew you wanted to act? Because I asked that because I read that after your first role, it was only then that that kind of solidified that your desire that you really wanted to do this. Yeah. Um. I think I was probably just like a really hyperactive child. And I think my mum was just like, this guy needs to jump into some like little drama classes to exert some energy on a Sunday so I don't have to deal with it, which is absolutely fair enough, mum. <laughs> um, and then um, once I did that, I kind of got an agent and then from there just started acting. And yeah, you're right. I booked a show um, called Nothing Trivial. And I was on that for three seasons in a tally feature. So I think that took me all the way from 13 to 17. So I was kind of for three months a year sort of in and out of school doing that um and I just fell in love with it um I feel like I was quite a mature kid so I felt like I could work with adults at quite a young age and feel feel confident doing so and I was always really social and I just I just love I love being on set and I've always been a shop so um that part of it has just been like I love to perform and it's a really good time and yeah, and I think a massive part of it, a part of it, is the camaraderie that you end up making with cast and crew, and um, I don't think people unfortunately get to see that. Um, but it's just such a pleasure of an industry to work in when you when you find the right job with the right people, and when you're there, and it just becomes addictive. Um, and yeah, so I decided to commit pretty pretty early, and I haven't really looked back. So, so tell me more about that first role in Nothing Trivial. I think you played Noah. Um, yeah we actually did get the series in Australia so yeah um it was basically about um a group of friends who meet up for like a pub quiz night um and then sort of the show is just all about like how their little personal lives intertwine um and then the focal point is that they all get together every I think what Tuesday night or something for the pub quiz but I was just one of the lead um the lead actor, uh, Shane Cortez, has, I played his son. So just sort of like classic family drama, classic teenage upbringing and things like that. Um, but I mean, those actors, they really taught me a lot. They really guided me through through a lot. Um, and again, made a lot of great friends, who a couple who I still talk to to this day. So it's just, um, yeah, it, it, it was great. I mean, it was so fun also just to go to school and be like, oh, see you guys, I've got to go to film a tv show like that felt like quite a cool thing when you're 13 years old so um from then on it was like yeah if i can if i can keep doing this that'd be that'd be pretty fun i was intrigued by your film black christmas um i, I couldn't find an avenue to watch it so i ended up with a with a with a russian copy where the voices were dubbed <laughs> were dubbed in russian and but it had subtitles underneath so not the best way to watch a film but that was different um Tell me about Black Christmas because that was far away from from Gus for sure. Yeah, Black Christmas is a funny one. It was um, it was a Blumhouse film that was coming down to shoot in New Zealand, and actually, weirdly enough, we filmed uh, pretty close to the vineyard that um, <laughs> under the vines. Yeah, there's this like um, old house in Ernsclough, I think, um, and we filmed it there. So that was quite a weird kind of correlation, but. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a great opportunity in New Zealand sometimes because obviously when news uh, for when US productions come down, um, they'll sometimes 
just car- like send out a casting brief locally and I was one of the lucky ones, one of the lucky um, few New Zealand actors actually who managed to um, get parts in that. And that was just a great experience to just sort of be in that sort of uh, that sort of environment. But yeah, it's a very different, I mean, it's a horror. So it's a, it's a little bit different to what Gus is um, for sure, where it's kind of playing, I was kind of playing a boyfriend and there's a bit of possession, um, possessed mm. things going on. Um, but that was an amazing experience because we got to come out to LA and have a premiere out here. And I think that was like my first taste of like what the industry is kind of like in terms of how it's viewed in America and then how it's viewed in New Zealand, which is a massive contrast. <laughs> and and you're now in LA um, and you mentioned that at the start. What, what are you up to there? Any secret projects? There's nothing on the horizon at the moment, hopefully um, under the Vine season three, but um yeah, it's a it's an interesting time in the industry at the moment. Um, in terms of the amount of work that's coming out, um, but what I would say is, it's like, yeah, I decided to make. I want I want a green card, so um, I'm a permanent resident out here, and I decided to make the move about uh, probably eight or nine months ago now. Um, so I'm still relatively settling in, but um, yeah, it's it's going well in a sense of. Uh, slowly enjoying and adjusting to life over here um and yeah hopefully all the best for the future yeah what, what are your passions away from acting because i i hear cricket's a go-to for you yeah i play i played cricket a lot when i was in new zealand i was like decently good like i i got pretty close to doing well in in my city in auckland but um I don't, I think realistically, like I was never going to probably go that far. I really love football. I love football as in soccer. Um, I wake up, I'm like an avid, people are going to hate me, but I'm an avid Manchester City fan. I've been supporting them since I was a young boy. So I wake up at like 2 a.m. in New Zealand to watch <laughs> those games. And luckily over here in LA time, it's a little bit later. But yeah, I love travel. I mean, I do heaps of traveling before I moved to America. I went and just did another eight weeks where I just kind of, plotted around and solo traveled around Europe and I do a lot of solo traveling if I can and um, things like that so yeah football and travel is pretty much what I get up to and socializing you're also um, a great voice actor too I actually listened to a few advertisements um, like online that you did with a American accent I mean if you don't mind can you give the audience a quick demo like one or two lines with that American voice it's unbelievable (laughs) I would say, just because if I'm put on the spot, I am, <laughs> I will be terrible. Um, but, you know, if you want to hear American accent, just, where would you find it? Go, just go watch Black Christmas, you know? Go do yeah. that or, or something like that. For sure. I, have got a, I have got a couple of links I can put up because there is a, um, yeah, I'll do that. I'll I mean, go that. for it, go for it. But, yeah, a- accents is a funny one. I either have to have... Um, no, I mean, I can do it, but I'm just like, a, I'm a classic Kiwi. I'm way too like, oh, no, no, no. All right. Second last question. Um, As we wrap up, Simon, let's head back to Under the Vines. Now, for Australians, Rebecca Gibney is television royalty here. She's been nominated and won so many awards, including winner of the Gold Logie in Australia. Um, Her Australian series Wanted had some episodes filmed in New Zealand, which I'm pretty sure were filmed far away from under under the vines. What did you learn from our queen of the screen? 
I think Bex just like Bex just encapsulates like basically the perfect what we call number one. So like if you look at a cast sheet, you've got all the characters are ordered, um, and obviously Rebecca is like the the main Daisy is your main character, so she's number one, and then it will go two. And I think there's this thing around the industry where like you know number ones can kind of have that power uh on a on a crew and there's like a weird dynamic and i just think bex encapsulates what what a number one should be she is so generous and so kind and and i'm i swear i'm not just saying this because like a lot of the time you hear <laughs> i always watch interviews and i'm like yeah i've been on a tv set i know how things work like you're not telling me something but i think i think bex like what she does in terms of she's not only kind, but she's also like, she's actually true and hard and fair when she needs to be. And I think that comes in as being an executive producer on the show. But I just think I learned how to treat people. I, I, I think she really, especially if you're going to work your way and hopefully, you know, one day I'll be a lead of a show one day and, and I hope to do that. You know, that's a, that's a goal and a dream of mine. Um, and I think the main thing Bex taught me is how to compose yourself when you're in those positions. And how to treat people with kindness um, and also do a really, really bloody good job whilst doing it. And I think that's possible. You know, you don't have to be an asshole actor um, to be mm. good. You can be a really genuinely great person um, and, and do an incredible job at the same time. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, and finally, um, just as an overview, because the ABC is getting close to the end of season one um, and season two will be available on, on Acorn. Um, what can we expect holistically from season two of Under the Vines? Do you know, it's funny. I really, I, I, I love the show because of the castmates. I've never been on a cast where I've just, they are, I swear they're like family. Um, and we all are just so, so, so close. Myself, Carrie, Trey, um, Dean, who plays Griff, like me, he was just like an absolute mentor to me. Charlie is just the most angel angelic man in the world. And then same with Bex, you know. And I think with season two, you'll see all of our friendships solidify outside, uh, like off screen, and then it translate on screen. And I think whenever you do a first series of something, you're, you're settling in, you're getting used to characters, you know, just as much as you guys are watching us, we're also like on this trying to figure it out for ourselves. And I think, on season two, what we can expect is us really settling into these characters, um, really committing and and really um, really enjoying each other and just enjoying having fun making a TV show with people that we absolutely adore and love. And um, I think that really translates into season two. Um, and it's, it can be heartbreaking and 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 sad, and but then also really bloody hilarious and beautiful at the same time. Oh, so one big Fano, beautiful. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Simon, thank you for bringing us Gus. Um, I hope he's not seen just as idealistic, but rather an inspiration of, of who we can, can become. Um, you brought so much heart to the role and it's a great series and, and good luck with the next part of your career and, and with the cricket. Um, and look forward to a season three announcement for Under the Vines. Fingers crossed. Um, thank you, Simon, for joining me here at TV Central. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sharon. Appreciate it, mate. All right, Simon Me there who plays Gus in Under the Vines. While some new viewers are seeing the series with season one now screening on the ABC on Saturday nights, if you want to move straight into season two, then it may be the time to get an Acorn TV account because all six episodes of season two 
are now screening on Acorn TV. Head to Acorn TV at au.acorn.tv. There are heaps of other series on Acorn, like 800 Words, Agatha Raisin, Girlfriends, uh, Miss Fisher, lots of stuff. Um, but that's it for this podcast. For all the latest television news, streaming info, guides, ratings, and, of course, podcasts, head to tv.com.au. Until next time, I'm Aaron Ryan. Thanks to Simon Mead. Bye for now.